It's the Sleepers Podcast. Big Ten heavy episode today. Fair warning for all our non-Big Ten listeners, which as far as I know is nobody. So everybody should be happy with this. Uh, Car, it was a tough night for the Wolverines last night. Yeah, for our non-Big Ten listeners, if there's any ACC basketball fans out here, you would love to watch Michigan basketball because it would fit the ass that is your conference. Just letting that be known. And Greg, before you get going, let's just talk about some things here. I heard, I was told by many of people, we got the number one recruiting class. We got Jawan, the fab vibe, the cabbage patch, the returning All-American and Hunter Dickinson, the Diabates, the Caleb Houstons, the recruits, everyone coming back, Eli coming back for some glory, the great transfer in Devontae Jones from Coastal Carolina. That has led to not one, not two, not three, not four, but five losses already up until this point, if my calendar is correct, which it always is, it is only January 5th. Or you, know what's, you know what's wrong, though? Your calendar is correct. Your calculator is incorrect because they have six losses, not five, my friend. Ouch. You're running out of fingers. <laughs> Good Lord. I mean, it don't, I mean, we, we have talked on previous episodes about like Michigan fixing things, Michigan taking a turn, Michigan looking to the bright side, Michigan beat San Diego state. Woohoo. We're going to make that turn and be good this year. Nah, the jig is up Michigan basketball. And this is going to come back to bite me in the ass probably because they're probably going to somehow beat Michigan state on Saturday. And this is all going to blow up in my face. Those boys stink. They don't have heart. They're not tough. They're fake tough guys, which we don't like. We knew that, though. We said that. We did. Greg, you did say that. I'll give you credit there. But in all seriousness, like that is just, I mean, it's a combination of guys from Rutgers making shots that don't normally make shots. Okay, yeah, that's basketball. Some guys do that. But the big story of that night was just out tough, didn't want it, didn't want to be there. It's just, it's sad. I mean, it would be fair to note i don't think this affected the game at all to be honest but it would be fair to note michigan was without their sixth seventh and eighth players in the rotation they didn't even travel so they were shorthanded i don't think that affected the game at all but i so so what i'm hearing and you can tell me this is wrong michigan fans are down so bad that they were missing brandon johns no because that's that's a new level of down bad no we didn't miss brandon johns at all um I, I want to push back on something you said, too, because you said a combination of some guys that don't make shots. Rutgers was 11 for 23 from three, and everyone's doing the, oh, it's the worst shooting team in the Big Ten, and they made a bunch of shots they normally don't make. No, Ron Harper Jr. was five for six from three, and Ron Harper Jr. takes five threes a game and makes 40% of them. What Michigan can't do that they do every single game is allow the opposing team's best player to get to their spots and get their shots off. Why are they so bad defensively? Honestly, because everyone on the team except for Eli Brooks is clueless. Dude, like, that's, that is bad because if you know, all respect to Ron Harper Jr. and, you know, Geo Baker, those are good Big Ten players. But we saw what happened when you get the likes of Johnny Davis and Keegan Murray and you don't play great defense against guys like those. What happens? You get 30 balls put on your head. So, so I'm I'm in a weird spin zone here. I'm weirdly like looking forward to Michigan playing a team that just wants to play through the post because at least I trust Hunter Dickinson to try to like wall up. Like mm-hmm. I'm afraid of playing teams whose best players are guards because right now they can't guard for shit. 
Jawan keeps rolling out this matchup zone where they start in a two, three. And then as soon as the ball goes free throw line extended, they switch to a man to man mid possession. They give up a wide open three every time they go to that defense. And they always do it down the stretch of the second half every game. It makes no sense. I've been critical of Jawan. He's the worst coach in the country this year. He was the best coach in the country last year. I don't know where to gauge him as an overall coach. Like I, he's the guy. And I should be happy about that. And I think I am happy about that. But he's doing the worst job of any head coach in the country this season. This team is top 10 in talent. They are. Like, I'm they, I'm not buying the bullshit that anyone wants to spew me on, like, oh, this recruiting class was actually a miss. No, it wasn't. Caleb Houston is a great player. Caleb Houston on the U19 team for Canada led a team that had Ben Matherin and Zach Eady and Ryan Nemhard and Charles Bidiaco in scoring. Like Caleb Houston was their best player on that team six months ago. He it's not like he's not a hooper, but right now he's playing horrible. And it, we can either put fingers at Jawan for putting him in bad spots, or we can point some fingers at Caleb Houston from airballing open threes, which happened three I times. Honest, I honestly think it's really all on Caleb Houston, and not to just like attack the kid, but like I think he's getting good looks. He's just he's not hitting shots. His vision is. I, I mean, I'm thinking back to that Buffalo game where he showed flashes of being able to make play make out, out of pick and rolls. I don't know where that went. His vision is terrible. His IQ looks awful. He's just not making good decisions. And the one thing he's supposed to be able to do is shoot the basketball and he's not shooting it well. So it's just like he's he's a zero out there on offense and defense. If I he's a zero on defense, he's a negative 50 on defense. Uh, offensively, he's probably a zero, but I Look, I don't think his IQ is bad. I don't think his vision's horrible. I think that, and part of this does fall on Juwan. I think he's playing out of position. They're trying to play two centers at once. I don't think his vision's bad. He had a couple really nice, like, pocket passes where he drew two guys and gave Hunter a wide open dunk last night. But he, like, but he also just has passes. He's just like, what are you, what are you looking at? Like, what are you no, throwing it? I, to me, the bigger issue with him as far as vision goes is tunnel vision. Like, he just tries to drive to the hoop and he can't do anything off the dribble. Which, again, to me, Caleb Houston is playing the three on a team whose point guard went for zero on zero for three shooting last night in 31 minutes. And the shooting guard's Eli Brooks. Like, if you're playing the three next to Devontae Jones and Eli Brooks and you're a McDonald's All-American, you're going to have to do shit off the dribble. And here's the thing. Caleb Houston's not a three. He's not a college three. He's a college four on a good team. And because Jawan is insistent on playing two centers at once at all times, he has to play 30 minutes at the three and he has to chase threes and he can't guard anybody. He's his defensive IQ is as bad as I've ever seen at the college level. Uh, and offensively, he's just put in spots to do shit off the dribble, which he can't do. If he was, you know, being guarded by Joey Hauser and just told to space the floor, like, and do one dribble pull-ups. I don't know. Maybe he looks a lot better. Maybe we'll see that next year. Maybe we won't, but right now his draft stock is tanked. He's not going to be a first round pick. I don't think Musa Diabate has any chance at being a top 40 pick in the NBA draft. By the way, Diabate is a disaster. We don't talk about Houston being bad. Diabate is a mess emotionally and mentally. I mean, he is constantly in the wrong spot. He went under on like four different screens on Ron Harper Jr. last night. He took a mid-range jumper with seven seconds left in the first half that allowed Rutgers to get a run out. Luckily, they that, that was the that was the worst shot I've seen this year and by then he, far. And then he tried to fight someone in the handshake line. Like, you want to talk about fake tough guys? Yeah, let's get run out of the gym by Rutgers at the rack and then pick a fight in the handshake line. Okay, that's that's for competitors only. 
Cool. First, first, first loss ever to Rutgers, by the way, in the history of Michigan <sighs> basketball. And look, we and again, I mentioned it briefly. We haven't even mentioned that the point guard spot went for zero points on zero for three shoot. Like this team, this team just has too many problems. Transfer point. Transfer point guards in the Big Ten, man. I just, I just like I, Tyson Walker and Devontae Jones are going to be the Spider-Man pointing meme on Saturday if those are the type of stat lines they're putting up. It's bad. Ultimately, I feel really bad for Eli Brooks, who has to be regretting his decision to come back at this point. Uh, Eli, every game, does all that he can. You can literally see if you watch back on film or just look for it in the game. Like he is broken because he is calling shit out as it happens. He's telling guys where they need to be. And Houston and Diabate and Bufkin and Jones can't be there. They just can't. They, they're not capable of doing the right things defensively. Uh, and also, I've, we, I've been critical of Hunter Dickinson. So have you. So has everybody. He went for 25 on 10 of 16 shooting last night, and it didn't fucking matter. Like, at, at some point, like, yeah, I don't like Hunter's mentality. I don't like that he talks that shit when they're down 10. I don't like that he picked up the trophy at Big Ten Media Day. I think, in general, he's a front runner who doesn't want to go up toe-to-toe and fight. But last night he did. Last night in the second half, he went off. He went crazy, and it didn't make a difference because this team has too many problems. They're just not good. And I look, whatever this line opens up for this Michigan State game, I will hammer Michigan State. I will hammer Michigan State alternate line. This is not an attempt at a jinx. This is me knowing up front, Carter, that Michigan will bring into this game four guys who have never played in this rivalry And Tom Izzo knows he has a chance to stick the nail in the coffin in Ann Arbor, in this Michigan team. It's probably going to be like a pick them. It's probably going to be like Michigan State minus one. I'm hammering MSU minus 10. I think this is a blowout. I think Michigan's done. I think they quit competing. And uh, I'm not looking forward to watching it, but I'm just done with this team. They're not going to finish 500, Car. It's not, will they make the tournament? If they lose to Michigan State this weekend, they will not finish 500. God, it's it, just what the difference a year makes. Like, this is literally what Michigan State was going through last year. And now, flip the switch, Michigan's going through it. Honestly, might be worse for you guys. Oh, it's way worse. It's, it's way, way worse. worse because, one, you got the talent. You know, last year, I think Michigan State locked a serious, serious sense of talent. Um, So, it, I think it's way worse for Michigan this it's year. Way it's way worse. It's way worse. I mean – I guess it depends on your definition of worse. Like, is it worse to see Foster Lawyer and Thomas Kithier starting and just know they stink? Or is it worse to see guys that are going to be NBA players stink? Like, it, to me, that's worse. Yeah. And, I, like, the, for real, though, like, watching the game last night, the Michigan game, the body language, the effort is just god-awful. Everyone, you could look uh, in their face. They didn't want to be there. No, not at all. Yeah, Jawan, I mean – I think Jawan's lost the team a bit, to be honest with you. And I think it's a weird mix. I think it's a weird uh, – You, I look, you got Hunter and Eli, who are the only veterans on this team, and Brandon Johns, sure, he's a great vet. Uh, look, I, Hunter didn't want to be here and basically said that at the start of the year. He, he was vocal in saying, this is my last season, one more run. Like, okay, where, where are you going? You going overseas? Good luck. Like, uh, Eli, God bless him, program guy, he's back, but like – You've got two vets on this team, and then you've got four freshmen. The vets hate the freshmen. The freshmen aren't getting the opportunities they deserve or are in the wrong spots. They probably hate the vets. Uh, I have no idea where Devontae Jones fits into this. It's not like he's a vocal leader. It's not like he's a feisty guy. It's not like he's aggressive. 
So the team's in shambles. Juwan deserves criticism. And uh, I, at this point, like as a Michigan fan, you got to look to next year and uh, shit. I, people keep projecting like next year will be good. Will they like, will a Collins, Buffkins, Diabate, Houston group even be good next year? Uh, I am just, and I'm just, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the fact that there is next year talk on January yeah. 5th, 2022. And I do feel bad, but at the same time, I do not feel bad whatsoever. <sighs> you know, it's lonely at the top. Uh, you know, not everyone can compete in the Big Ten. Uh, it's a tough conference. Uh, you got to make sure you come to play on a nightly basis. Uh, and don't lose games. Uh, not a lot of teams can do that. We're going to hope to continue doing that moving forward. Go green, go white. Forever. Thank you so much for that. Uh, now back to the regular schedule programming. Look, we'll talk more Michigan State on Unscripted. We're going to record that tonight post-Nebraska game. We'll also do more Michigan State, Michigan preview on that as well. Uh, you can listen to the Unscripted podcast with us, the sleepers, on the Field of 68 network. Cart, uh, there is something we should say referencing Michigan State, though. Michigan State is still 6-1 to one to win the Big Ten Conference at multiple sports books. And uh, that's blasphemous. Purdue now has two losses. And we'll talk more about other Big Ten guys here in a moment. But, like, Michigan State is the clear front runner to win this conference right now. And they have a very easy schedule their next four games. They will probably be sitting at 6-1 and one or 7-0 and oh two weeks from today. And getting them at 6-1 to one is a steal. Carter, people need to go to dimers.com slash sleepers and put a little money on that, don't you think? Yes, I do. Because, one, you win money when Michigan State wins the Big Ten conference. Two, you can also put a little, sprinkle a little bit of cash into the sleepers' pockets. And when we get a little bit of cash, we get some more sleepers' gear. That means some more giveaways, like Greg has been doing for his daily picks. By the way, make sure everyone goes follow his G on Twitter. Daily picks are popping right now. Make it happen. A couple winning days in a row. That's what we do. So just, you know, use our code. It's easy. We paste it everywhere. Copy, paste, deposit a little 25 bucks in there. I know 25, that's, that's light work for y'all. And win some money with us. We got y'all. Shout out to Dimers, by the way. Card, am I allowed to call out our listener base? Can I antagonize our own listeners? Yeah, poke the bear, poke the bear. I'm going I'm to poke the bear here. Look, folks, I got some numbers back from Dimers here. I, we, we aren't doing numbers on this little dimers.com slash sleepers. And I know we got some gamblers that listen to the Sleepers podcast. I interact with y'all on Daily Picks. I love it. I appreciate that. It makes me so happy to know that there's people that enjoy betting with us. But here's the thing. You aren't really betting with us. If you aren't betting with dimers.com slash sleepers, there's sports books there, folks. It takes 20 seconds. I did it myself. It takes 20 seconds to sign up for one of the four sports books that Dimers offers a promo code with. And you can make all the same bets that you make through whatever sports book you're using, except you're helping us. You're helping Carter, Elliot, and the Elliot family, and Greg Waddell and the Waddell family. Come on, folks. If you're listening to the show and you're not doing that for us, that hurts. That hurts. Yeah, man, I mean, come on. I, I had a New Year's resolution this year where I read 10 pages a day, 10 pages a night, whatever it is. Don't take too long. Very easy. A little sleeper's New Year's resolution challenge for you guys. Just take a minute, maybe two out of your day. Sign up through Dimers. Win some money. And also like, subscribe to the YouTube. Make it happen. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to elevate sleepers this year. We're trying to make it go like this. 
Because if it goes like this, then Gregory has to move in here. And this guest room is not that big. It's, I mean, he can bring, I mean, Greg and Mal, you might be good in here, but I don't, I don't know where Benji's going to go. And, Benji, work and, in and Benji and my dog have beef. So yeah, <laughs> just not subscribe, good. like, and deposit the money, get your little bet in there's sports book option. You can choose. We give you options, hashtag options, choices, make it happen. And low key, I've been busting my ass to distract myself from how bad this Michigan season has been going and still put episodes out for sleepers. Like we just got a lottery pick. Who's going to be on this very episode just to distract myself solely from the fact that Michigan stinks. So if I can do that, you can take 20 seconds of your day to put some money in my pockets, folks, please do. Uh, Cart, let's, let's tease. We have Keegan Murray, Iowa Hawkeye sensation. One of the best players in the Big Ten. We just recorded with him this morning. It was great. Uh, really like Keegan. What was your impression of Keegan? I mean, is I mean, just honestly, everything I expected coming in. It's really what the interview was. Cool dude, humble. Just like it's you know, you hear a lot of the stories about the under under recruited guys who like you know just blow up out of nowhere. But I think it's a little different with him. I think he's very humble, and you can see that he works extremely hard. And also, I admire him because if I was in shape and athletic and had a jump shot. I would probably be Keegan Murray, but I'm not athletic. I have an okay jumper and I'm chunky. So I podcast and play in men's leagues games, but it was like looking in the mirror almost. Yeah. Also, also great haircut for Keegan Murray, by the way, got to get like him. Also, you're not chunky, like no offense, not to get weird, but like you've been in the gym, bro. I, I'm, 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 I'm burly. Slim thick, some might say. Got got a couple LBs on me, but I'm working on it. Uh, do you think that Keegan sent his twin brother Chris to do that interview and parent trapped us? I literally didn't even think about that. They easily could have done that, and I would I would be kind of cool, honestly, if he did do that. I'm, I'm a little like 20 percent of me thinks that happened. He was a little <laughs> little quiet at times. It might have been Chris. I don't know. Uh, okay, we in prep for this, we thought it would be fun to do our top ten big 10 player rankings because Carter and I have been blessed with the opportunity to do some shows with the field of 68 and the field of 68 is not a big 10 heavy show and that's fine, but they've been forced to talk about some big players, Johnny Davis in particular from Wisconsin who had 37 points the other night. And all I keep hearing is that Johnny Davis could be the national player of the year. And Carter, I said this when I was on air for field of 68, I think if you ask big 10 people, they might not even say Johnny Davis is the best player in the Big Ten. Maybe they're coming around to that, but there's been a lot of love for Kofi Coburn. There's been a lot of love for EJ Liddell. There's been a lot of love for Jaden Ivey. So it's long overdue, I think, for us to take a clear stance on where we, the sleepers, are in our top ten players in the conference. And we love rankings now, ever since we did mid-rankings. Like, we are rankings people now. So we have a little list. We went back and forth on this. Let's go reverse order, Cart. Uh, is that good with you? Yeah, that's cool, man. Okay, number 10. The only representative from this team. Gabe Brown from Michigan State. Just especially in Big Ten play, just been doing it all. Been winning games, stepping up in the second half from Michigan State, shooting 40% from three on over six attempts, averaging about 16, 17 points a game in Big Ten play, two back-to-back 20-point games. He's been a big time player for us, and it's it's refreshing to see Gabe in this role where on a night-to-night basis, he's getting 30 minutes a game. And if guys aren't there on the catch, he's pulling it. So 
And he's playing on the best team in the Big Ten right now. So got to have a Michigan State representative on this list in my eyes. Shout out to Gabe Brown. I know your team closed the book, but I have one more chapter I want to go back to real quick. If Gabe Brown was given this role last season next to Aaron Henry, how much better is last year's team? A lot better. I mean, I can't believe we only get one year of Gabe Brown in this role. He's no, so it, it, I don't career. want to get into that because I'm honestly pissed because we're not getting as much Gabe Brown. And Marcus Bingham can go in that conversation too. Thomas Kippier playing more than Marcus Bingham might be one of the biggest travesties in Michigan State basketball history and folklore. Just letting that be known. Also, like, I, weirdly, I feel like if you put Gabe on last year's team, like, it would make the point guard's jobs easier because, like, you literally just need to pass it to him on the wing and, like, you'll end up with seven assists. Not that I'm, like, hating on Tyson and AJ's ability to get assists, but, like, Gabe Brown generates assists for his teammates just by being 6'10 and shooting over people. Yeah, also makes even more impressive what Aaron Henry was doing when you have four people packing the lane when you're yeah, true. driving. Very true. Uh, all right, only Michigan State player on this list. Does that upset you at all? Uh, no, because that's how good the Big Ten is. Yeah. Okay, number nine, Hunter Dickinson, Michigan. Does that upset you at all? No, because the fact of the matter is, say what you want about Michigan as a team, I don't necessarily point to Hunter as a person to blame on this team. I think he does bear some blame, but there's a lot of other people I think that are that should bear the blame. I mean, look, he's still shooting 60% from the field, averaging about 18, 19 points a game, almost nine rebounds. I think he's been good defensively as well as far as anchoring the post. Uh, you know, so honestly, you still got to put him on this list. Hunter's still one of the best players in the Big Ten. Before we get any backlash from Michigan State fans on Hunter being ahead of Gabe Brown, just hypothetical with me here. If you swapped Hunter Dickinson for Marcus Bingham, one, Hunter Dickinson is clearly the best player on Michigan State. Two, Hunter Dickinson looks a lot better surrounded by Gabe Brown and the shooters Michigan State has than what he does at Michigan this year. And three, Michigan State would be a much better team with yes. Hunter Dickinson than with Marcus Bingham. Who Marcus Bingham has been great. That's not to hate on Marcus Bingham. But no. that's Hunter Dickinson is very good. That's just that's just that's just reality unless you want to lie to yourselves. And like I always love to say, we do not lie to ourselves or others on this podcast. It's a truthful podcast. And also, as far as people are going to bring up like, you know, team record type things. Yeah, we factor that in. But also like one player does not affect wins and losses as much as you think. Like they're the guys are still nasty. You know, they might just be surrounded by. Dudes who are nasty. Yeah, this isn't necessarily a ranking of like most deserving player of the year. This is like who do I think the best player is right now? Yeah, this is who uh, we're picking. This is who we're picking up if we're trying to win basketball games. Yeah, like I'm, I'm with that. Yeah, eh, maybe not because I probably have a different number one for that, but <laughs> we'll see. Uh, number eight, I stand for this man, Pete Nance. Oh, you know I stand for Pete Nance. Shout out Kilroy. Shout out Big Ten Media Day. The dude that you can't argue with the stats. <laughs> I mean, he's shooting it extremely well from inside the arc, outside the arc. This Northwestern team is still good. If it wasn't for Chase Audige going straight Russell Westbrook without the athleticism in that game against Michigan State, we might have lost that game. But, uh, you know, Pete Nance has been a dominant player in the Big Ten this year. Yeah, I look the same way I said about Hunter Day. I feel like if you put Pete Nance on Michigan or Michigan State, he might be the best player on those teams. Like, I, I love what Pete Nance is doing. I think Northwestern is good. I think that was actually a good win for Michigan State. 
it, Northwestern played horrible, but it was the guards that played horrible to me. Pete was fine. Uh, so yeah, I hope they make the tournament. I hope Pete gets some love because I really like Pete Nance. Hopefully we can get him on the sleepers this year. We should be able to, we, I feel like, we can, I mean, if we can get Keegan Murray, we should be able to get Pete Nance. Hopefully that's also true. Also moving forward through this list. That's the last person I want to compare with this whole swap them on Michigan state and they'd be the best player thing. Let's just, let's just move forward through let's the list. That. All right. Okay, fine. All right. Uh, number seven, uh, a guy who probably should have been a Michigan state commit though. Travion <laughs> Williams, Travion Williams. Yeah, I mean, Trayvon's been playing extreme. I mean, stats don't lie. I think he's the best passer probably in the Big Ten, to be honest with you. And that's oh. for guards. Yes, I think he's the best passer. Is is Travion Williams the best point guard in the Big Ten? I think that if Trayvon Williams – if you saw Trayvon Williams and Tyson Walker <laughs> – no, no, I'm not going to do that. But, no, Trayvon's been extremely uh, extremely productive this year. And also, you know, he, we – so far this year in close games with Purdue, he's been the guy they've been going to to get him buckets, make the play. And that baseball class that he had the Zach Eady that last game was one of the greatest passes in NCAA basketball history. So basically, Travion Williams is like if you took all the good parts of Derek Nix mixed with all the good parts of A.J. Hogard. Why do I feel like that's a fat joke? I'm, I'm not trying for it to be. I'm just saying, like, he's dominant low post scorer and he's a dominant passer. Yeah. With no downside because yeah. Nick's had some downside. Hogarth has some downside. I don't True. think Travion has downside. I think Travion is a great person slash basketball player. One of my favorite players in the, in the country. So, yeah. And according to us, he's the second best player on Purdue. Uh, Jaden Ivey comes in at number six on this list. That's probably going to piss some people off. A hey, fact of the matter is we couldn't even find Ivy because he was in Johnny Davis's pocket. So he could barely put him on this list. Uh, you know, just big time players step up when teams need it. I can point to a lot of players on this list. Johnny Davis's, you know, the guys we already named, Gabe Brown, Hunter Dickinson, like whether that leads to wins or losses, they're stepping up when it's time to step up and they are there for the moment in big games. Ivy should be a guy who is embracing the moment. I think he relishes in playing fast, playing fun, getting the crowd involved, being that guy on the big stage. A little recency bias, call it what you want to, prisoner of the moment, but he let another Big Ten player who people say are, are might say are better than him come in and drop a 30 ball on his head, and he did nothing about it. That's the facts. I want to say this. I think that Jaden Ivey is the most talented player in the Big Ten. Yes. And I think that right now. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, whether it's whether it's Ivy's fault or whether it's Matt Painter's fault, something's up here. Because right now Ivy's taking some criticism for he's not a point guard. Are we sure he's not a point guard? Or, or at least, are we sure he shouldn't be playing point guard for Purdue? We, I, I feel like we don't even know because Painter doesn't give him a chance. Here's what I know. Ivy is shooting 45% from three this season. 52% from the floor. He has 3.1 assists. That's the same number, 3.1, that Travion Williams averages. You said Travion Williams is the best passer in the Big Ten. So, I look, I'm struggling with why Jaden Ivy isn't just like the runaway backcourt guy for Purdue he doesn't get the ball when it's tight in big games 
uh, he's forced to play off the ball and everyone's just accepting that, oh, it's because Painter doesn't trust him. Well, Painter might want to work on some trust issues then maybe because to me, Jay Ivey deserves some trust. He's done nothing this season to prove that he doesn't deserve trust. And uh, if we're just going to see Purdue not have the ball in Jaden Ivey's hands come March, I would argue it might end for Painter where it usually does. I still, I'm on record that Painter will get over the hump, but like to me, the domino that has to fall is Ivy is the point guard. That's true. I, I mean, and like I said, I don't think we've seen it this year. Like maybe try it out. Who knows? Yeah. I like it. Don't get cute. Like I, I, God bless Mason Gillis and Ethan Morton. Like let's stop, stop with the cute shit. You got Edie, Travion, and Ivy. Play them. But play them. Let them rock. Let the young bull rock. Number five, Trace Jackson Davis, Indiana. Yeah. Uh, honestly, Trace might deserve to be higher because he's doing all this production while at the same time having to hear Mike Woodson talk about how he coached the first ever basketball game ever held with Naismith in the game. Like, but like, it, you know, but in all seriousness, uh, Trace Jackson Davis, I think, is one of the best players in the Big Ten. Uh, and I think he's been surrounded by garbage up until this point. Uh, Miller Cop forgot how to shoot. Uh, Christian Lander, Xavier Johnson, not it. Um, this this team, Race Thompson, like, I'm glad you're probably getting your PhD at this point, but also just not really it. Uh, you know, Trace is probably wishing that he would have went somewhere else, a la Michigan State. Yeah, but, Trace needed to go somewhere else. Like it, this is one of those guys where like get in the portal, man, run from the grind. Dude, this is this is <laughs> run from run, run from run the grind. grind. This is this is a bad look for Indiana moving forward, I think, too, because you have a Trace Jackson Davis who was McDonald's All-American, five-star recruit. And this is kind of what this is what he's subjected to. I mean, granted, Indiana might have a good recruiting class. I'm not sure what it's looking like moving forward, but like Trace Jackson Davis is gone after this year. There's no way he's staying for another year of this, right? No, no way. I mean, this is this is what has happened to every Indiana star since the Oladipo teams. Like, they've had talent. They've had All-American level guys. And then they come in and they put up numbers, and Indiana's mediocre. It's been that way. It's been ugly basketball for seven, eight years now. Uh, even going back to, like, the James Blackman days, like the Thomas Bryant um, there was another center that I'm forgetting after Thomas Bryan. I feel like that I can't recall right now, but like they always have dudes. Was and it Deron Davis? He was one of them. There was somebody else that was better, but I don't know. TJD like Beller? has has TJD gotten better at anything? No, if anything, I just think he just got the basketball more. And he like still doesn't the get the basketball thing was like, We need we need to come back and feature you and evolve your game. Like TJD is the same guy he's been for three years and. That's fine, but he's a good player on a losing team. Yeah. Is what it is. Uh, all right, number four. This guy slept on. I'm going to say this right now. Kofi Coburn. Yeah, I mean, like, like we said with the people before, stats speak for themselves. This Illinois team is still good. I don't, do not sleep on Illinois. I don't think anyone wants to play Illinois right now. Just saying. And Kofi is damn near averaging, what, 25 and 12? Yeah, so listen, I, I wanted Kofi at number three. And honestly, I'm struggling with Kofi right now. I think the media is doing a horrible job just like with narratives around him because here's what has happened with Kofi. He was the Big Ten player of the year preseason. Everyone was like, this is Kofi Coburn's year. It's his conference, right? 
It was supposed to be Curbelo and Kofi. It was supposed to be this Batman Robin duo, and they were going to take the league by storm. Andre Curbelo stunk. He's horrible. He has a concussion. Apparently, a concussion keeps you out for two months. Like, I don't mean to speculate on injuries and what's going on, but does a concussion keep you out for two months? Curbelo hasn't played in two months. I don't know if he's going to play again at this point. If he does, like, should he even get the ball again? Like, he should probably come off the bench. He was horrible. But here's the thing. As it pertains to Kofi Coburn, he could have used that as an excuse. He could have just, like, Illinois could be bad because Curbelo's whatever situation could have just derailed everything. No. Instead, Kofi is averaging 23 points, 12 rebounds, just over a block, 60% from the floor. He's 70% from the line playing 30 minutes a game on a team that is now just a bunch of catch and shoot dudes surrounding this unstoppable force. And Illinois has barely lost any game sets. Like to me, if anything, this should elevate Kofi's player of the year status. I think 23 and 12 is good enough to win national player of the year. And somehow like people like us, idiots like us have fourth on our big 10 player. They've yet to play anybody. I mean, I don't rank best player based on who teams have played. I'm just saying, like, I I look at the players. A 23-point road win at Minnesota is nothing. That was a dominant yeah. win last night. Dominant win. I mean, they, they played Arizona back and forth, and we all say Arizona's the second-best team in the country. Good, good teams handle Minnesota. They won at Iowa. They beat Rutgers by 30. They've been blowing teams out. Like, I, if nobody wants to buy Illinois, I'll buy Illinois. Is all I'm saying. I had Kofi third. I'm, I'm not buying Illinois as much because I still my agenda is still lingering from last year. They're still front runners. I see Kofi's answering the bell for me right now. Twenty three and twelve. Twenty three and twelve. Like that's yeah, national that's player impressive. of the year numbers. Yeah, that's why he's top four in the Big Ten. Why, why is this? One. Why is this drop though? Why has it gone from he's clearly the best player in the Big Ten to he's fourth? Because to me, he's outperformed what I thought he would do this year. Well, does, uh, there's recency bias. I feel like. What's the recency bias? Illinois has been winning for a month. But I'm the players above him, I think, have done more as as of recent. Okay. All right. Let's move to number three then. EJ Liddell, who I don't really think has done more than Kofi. Give me the case for EJ Liddell being third. Uh, Ohio State's better than Illinois. I don't think that's Kofi. I think EJ Liddell is doing more. Are they? I, I think EJ Liddell is doing more with less. Wait, are they? I'm Who? taking Illinois over Ohio State for sure. I'm not. So you're you're very impressed with Ohio State's overtime victory against Nebraska, the worst team in the Big Ten. A game in which uh, Cart, a game in which EJ Liddell, excuse me, while I get this right, a game in which EJ Liddell was two for fourteen from the floor. So he had a bad game. What's EJ Liddell's stats this year? Let me find those for you, my friend. Thank you. No problem. 19 points, seven rebounds, three assists. Pretty good year, man. That's fine. That ain't 23 and 12. Actually play people, actually beat somebody good. Hey, God forbid. I hope Illinois can go on the road to Nebraska and survive in overtime. That'd be a huge Uh, win. They also beat Duke, by the way. Be a huge win. Look, I'm out on EJ, and I don't mean that to, like, we already got Zed Key. I doubt we're going to get EJ Liddell. I hope I'm not antagonizing our chances there. But, like, I, I think he's a bucket. I don't think he guards. Uh, I think this Ohio State team's fine. I think that Kofi, Kofi guards. Kofi guards, yeah. He's an anchor. 
He's an anchor. He doesn't guard. Being an anchor means you guard by default. EJ Liddell's a guy you hide defensively. There's guarding, and then there's being an anchor. And there's guarding, and then there's being hidden. <laughs> That's EJ. Look, he's a bucket. He's a bucket. He's also a guy who's capable of going two for 14. I would the nicest. Here's the nicest thing I'll say about EJ Liddell, because he is good. I think, like, if there's a comparison to be made, he's college Carmelo Anthony, which is, like, not – Carmelo in college is way better than Liddell. But, like, he's, like, the college version of, like, end of career NBA Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> like, he's going to get his shots up. He's going to do some mid-range stuff. It's not necessarily going to help you win, and he's not going to guard. Not entirely sure what you mean about that, but let's go ahead and move on with the list. Number two, Johnny Davis. Killer. <laughs> Straight up. Do you Killer. buy the do you buy the national player of the year hype for him? Uh no, he plays for Wisconsin. That's solely why. Part of it, yeah. Do you think he's a top five player in the country? I'm trying to think right now. Uh no. I think he's top ten. Okay. I don't hate that. I uh, Where I stand on Davis right now is that I think he's number one on my list of guys I want with the ball in his hands down one with 10 seconds left. I think he he's the guy I want to go take a big shot. I don't know that I want him as the best player in the country, but he's come, come March, clutchest dude there is. Yeah, for sure. And the two big games I can point to at Purdue, he has a 37-point. 14 rebound game and the game that they had, I believe it was in Florida, Bahamas, maybe somewhere tropical, somewhere warm. They played Houston and he was the best player in that game. Single handedly won that game as well. So he's had those big time moments and he's been, you know, he's been hooping this year. He does little things too, like defensively and yeah, like he's, he's not really holes, no holes in his game. He's just very good all around. Yeah. Love him. Uh, People might be surprised. He's number two on our list, but number one, it's Keegan Murray. I mean, can we get the stats real quick, G? Please. Yeah, we, we can get the stats. Keegan Murray is averaging 24 points. Uh, well, I lost my tab. So all I remember is 24 points. <laughs> I mean, but straight up like 25, 25 points, eight rebounds, one and a half assists, one and a half steals, two blocks, just one turnover, 60% from the field. 81% from free throw, 36% from three. Like, those numbers are stupid. And I give Keegan even more credit because there was so much projected about him being good coming into this year. Like, he could have easily folded. You know what I'm saying? Like, everyone saw flashes last year, what he could do. And now he comes back and, you know, people don't like to talk about it in college, but that sophomore slump or something or that sophomore just skid you get on when you got the hype coming from the previous small sample last year. Like, some guys don't live up to that sophomore year hype. And he's doing it. Not only is he living up to it, he's exceeding it. I did not think he was going to be this good. Like, he is a – he is a killer. Yeah, there are – this is why I can't shake my Iowa addiction. Like, every year I fall in love with Iowa, and everyone makes fun of me, and I think they're going to win games in March, and they never do. But, like, Fran McCaffrey makes guys superstars as individuals. Like, his best player – is always so much better than we think that player is going to be. And it's been that way for a decade. You go back. We talk about it in the interview, but like 
Jared Utah, Peter Jock were first team all Big Ten guys out of nowhere. And like I, Luca Garza was the best player in the country for two years. Keegan Murray right now to me is the best player in the Big Ten. And I don't think it's getting noticed, uh, partially because Iowa doesn't guard anybody, partially because they don't play on national TV all the time. Um, Personally, just because like, I think he's another like power forward type. Like if he was a guard like Johnny Davis, or if he was six eleven two eighty like Kofi, I don't know how much Kofi weighs, but look, Keegan does it all. Keegan's the guy that wins you your fantasy basketball league because he gets two blocks, two steals a game. Like he's everywhere. He's a bucket. And I wish he was on a better team because I think if Keegan Murray played for Duke, he'd be the national player of the year. Yeah. And I, and it's, Kind of surprising that more people aren't talking about Keegan Murray because it's like the story you can get behind, like news outlets, national TV, people like that love the underdog recruit who only had who had no offers coming out of high school, goes to a school and blossoms into a star. And if you have not watched Keegan Murray play basketball this year, watch it. Like I watched that game against Maryland. It was special. Like he had 15 points before you could even blink. And it was Seven from the out, it was seven points from threes, and the rest driving to the basket and getting blocks, leading the break by himself. Like it was special. He does a lot for this Iowa team, and he's a special player. Yeah, he's a monster. Uh, and I think that's the best way to possibly intro this interview. And he's on sleepers, so he's that boy. That's why he's number one for real. Where if anyone else on this list, if you're listening to this, if you want to maybe move up in the list. We do consider people that actually come on the show. This did factor into Keegan's greatness. Probably would have put him number one regardless, but we did give him a little, little edge because he decided to join us on the sleepers. Yeah, we have we have so much Keegan Murray stock right now. It's stupid. All right, to uh, the sleepers interview with Keegan Murray. All right, we got Iowa superstar Keegan Murray with us today. Keegan is fresh off a big home win against Maryland. 35 points, eight rebounds, a massive performance. Keegan, how you doing, man? Doing good. Can't complain. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. You you fresh out of practice right now? Uh, No, we got practice in a little bit. Okay, okay. All right, so it's a good little precursor before, you know, you go work on the game. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, we'll set the tone for you here. So I want to start – I have a a weird obsession in college basketball, Keegan. I'm a big fan of sibling duos. And right now you and your brother have taken over the top spot for me, largely in part because I'm a big fan of yours, but also because your brother's showing me some things. How is it playing with him? How much fun is that? Yeah, no, we've been playing basketball with, with each other our whole lives. So it's kind of like first instinct when me and him are on the court, um, it's, comfortable for both of us and honestly he's shown flashes of his potential this year on how good he can be um and he's been uh, great for us as a team this year and it's just been really good for me and my family for to see uh, both of us on the court together it's refreshing to hear you embrace that because i bet you if you had a dollar for every time you had to speak about playing basketball with your brother you'd be an extremely extremely rich man <laughs> yeah i guess you could say that but no it's a it's a great experience obviously uh, it's a uh, something that's pretty unique on college basketball to play with your twin on the same court. So it's a surreal experience for sure. So I gotta, I gotta ask this because I was looking up your brother's numbers and they're eerily similar to your numbers last year. So like, are we, should we just get out in front of it now and say that Chris Murray could be the next 24 and eight guy for Iowa in the future? 
I mean, you could say that, but I mean, he's, he's his own player uh, for sure. Uh, he's got a different style to him uh, when he plays. Um, he's a good scorer uh, as well as I am, but uh, no, he's, he's, he's had a great season. Uh, he probably, I think he has better numbers than me than I had last year. So uh, he's, he's going in the right direction for sure. Definitely. So Greg and I are lifelong Big Ten basketball fans. We watch a lot of good Iowa players, you know, the Jared Utahs, Peter Jocks, Luca Garza, of course. And now you're kind of that next guy. You're kind of the guy that everybody talks about, you know, when they talk about Iowa basketball. Keegan Murray and Iowa basketball go hand in hand. How are you handling that? Handling that and like, how does it feel to kind of be, you know, mentioned among those what I would call Iowa greats? Yeah, no, last year I just tried to learn a lot. Uh, Luca is obviously a great role model for me uh, last year and just how he went, went about his business uh, and just the all the attention that he had to his name uh, going into last year, uh, being the National Player of the Year and uh, things like that. So I just learned a lot from him uh, and just keep my head down and keep working. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of outside noise and stuff like that. And you just got to keep your head down and focus on the next game uh, and just go day by day. So I got to ask, what's it like? playing for Fran McCaffrey, because I, I, as Carter said, we're big 10 guys. I think big 10 fans that aren't necessarily Iowa fans have this perception of Fran as a guy who's a fiery guy gets real intense in games. He always has the great offense, but the names Carter just mentioned to me, like all of those guys, at least offensively were like almost all American worthy level guys. Like, is there something about playing for Fran McCaffrey that gives players opportunities to just go superstar mode yeah no if you just do your business on and off the court uh, he'll, he'll have the ultimate trust in you and obviously he gives guys the ultimate green light and he's really a coach that trusts in all of his players um he doesn't he thinks a lot of shots are good shots he tries to put you in the right situations uh, when you're on the court uh, to go to your strengths um that's what he's done uh, throughout the years and you've seen guy, guys blossom from that Definitely. So you talked about kind of the putting you in the right positions, especially offensively. Is there kind of do you kind of hear the murmurs about, you know, Iowa just being, you know, all offensive, not really focusing on the defensive end? Because I would consider you, you know, I mean, a great defensive player. You're able to use your athleticism to block, get in the passing lane, get steals. Uh, kind of talk about how you just kind of want I, I, talk about the perception that Iowa is just not good defensively. Yeah, no, obviously uh, there's a lot of. Like we're, we're a really good offensive team statistically uh, in the country. Uh, defensively, uh, we're undersized this year, so that plays in a factor to things. Um, but, but we're able to change our defenses a lot. Uh, we can go two, three. Uh, we can go different types of zones, and we can just go man to man. We can pick up full court um, press. And I just think uh, he really differs uh, his style of defense from others. So, like, he likes to switch things up to try and throw the opposing team off. And that's when you see we can go on runs on offense and get easy buckets in transition. So I think the Big Ten has more star power than any conference in the country this year. Like preseason, there was a lot of hype for the big men, the Kofi Coburns, TJD, all those dudes. But now I think, I mean, you and Johnny Davis had the biggest performances of anybody the other night. 37 points for Johnny, 35 points for you. It's a bunch of guys to me who can all fill it up in a variety of ways. Like there, there's eight or nine guys to me that are very unique star talents and you're obviously one of them my question for you is who is the toughest matchup maybe not even individually for you but like who's the toughest player to go against in this conference uh for me personally um, obviously uh, we just started the big 10 season this year but i played a lot last year um trace jackson davis he's a really good player 
Um, he was tough to go against last year. Um, but there's just, like you said, there's a lot of guys that are really good players in this league, and you really can't take a day off or a game off. Um, you're going to go against guys like Johnny Davis, Jaden Ivey, Kofi at some point. Um, I have to guard him. But there's just a lot of guys that can get buckets, and that's what makes this league so dangerous and why I wanted to come to this league. Uh, just because you get to play NBA guys day in and day out. Yeah, and out of the guys you mentioned, that's a lot of big men in this league. And I know, obviously, we know the great athlete you are. We asked this at Big Ten Media Day to a couple other players. If you could dunk on any player in the Big Ten, who would you want to dunk on? We need to know. Any player, probably my brother. <laughs> oh. <laughs> can't, can't, have you dunked on your brother before? No, I, I really haven't. I haven't really got the chance to. Usually if I go up, he'll get out of the way just for, yeah, just for, uh, uh, I guess, competition's sake. But That's he, he, he knows that if I dunk on him, he won't hear the end of it. So I was just going to say that'll make for interesting Thanksgiving, Christmas dinner, all that yeah. if, you, if you catch a body on yeah. him in practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he hasn't, dunked, he hasn't dunked on me either. So we, we still have that going for us. <laughs> You guys usually on the same squads in practice, or are you opposite yeah, squads? Yeah, yeah, yeah so we're usually on the same squads. In I practice. say that got to be part of why. I mean, yeah. uh, we might have to dial up Fran, tell him get you guys on opposite sides. <laughs> I we know, need we to do that happen. Yeah, I gotta get more opportunity for sure. <laughs> All right, I got one more quick one for you. NIL is a big thing. If you could have any NIL deal with any brand, what would it be? Uh shoot, probably. I say probably. A clothing brand, probably like Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, something like that. I just feel like that's, I, I'm usually a comfortable guy in my, what I wear. So I just think those would be some brands that I think would benefit me for sure. Okay, We'll make sure to tag them in this. So if they, <laughs> if they see this, we'll have, you know, I'm sure you got your NIO email and your IG bio or something. We'll make sure that they, they hit you up and reach out because, you know, you're ready. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do our part for you. All right, Keegan, thank you, my friend. It was good to meet you. Uh, we wish you the best of luck the rest of the season. We'll be watching. And, uh, again, thanks for making time. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me.